coming. Pass is picked off. He's going to go looking again, and it's picked off by Stephon Gilmore down on the right sideline. Into the end zone, and he's picked off. Back the other way. Welcome back to another edition of the Return the Pigs podcast as we talk all things American football. I know Jazz hates that. That's exactly why I've used that in the opening of this podcast because Jazz isn't here. So we can have a bit of fun. Dave, as always, uh, is here and we have former NFL tight end for the Jacksonville Jaguars, Ben Koyak, back as well for the first time this year. Ben, uh, I'm going to start with you because let's face it, I speak to Dave every single week and then some. (laughs) Uh, So how are you keeping, man? Everything is uh, alive and well and enjoying the season, I hope. Been during the season trying to catch as many games as I can, which means probably not too many, but trying to catch up on the highlights when I can and just playing some fantasy. Did you make your way down to the London games at all this year? I actually didn't this year, no. Um, I did do some work with the Jags when they were here, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't actually get a chance to see the games in London. But they didn't... I mean, and in all honesty, it is crazy. <laughs> Didn't sneak you in or anything like that. They couldn't bring, ah, oh, this guy's with us. Don't worry about it. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I mean, I probably could have haggled a ticket, but I mean, it's, you know, it's not one of those things I really try to fight hard for. Fair. As an outsider, or not an outsider, because obviously you've been in the UK a while, but as somebody that's obviously played the game from the USA, how do you look at, we had a really long talk about NFL in the UK and its approach last week. Um, and I have warned Dre, who helps us kind of push this podcast out via Verge magazine. And everything that you hear in this is not an opinion of Dre or Verge magazine. It's all our own opinions. But yeah, we weren't sure whether perhaps his links with NFL UK may be disrupted slightly with some of the things that we were saying. But how, how do you perceive what NFL in the UK is right now and, and the position it's in? Um, like as I mean, do you want to be more specific with that? Well, I, mean, like, I, mean, I we, feel like that's we, a super loaded question. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of places <laughs> you can go with that. That's uh, pretty loaded. I think it's more the I don't know. I guess the players when they come across, for instance, Trevor Lawrence was still talking about. Uh, you guys cheer when it's a kicking game, so that's good. And like that's kind of feels like the old cheap trope about uk fans of the sport whereas actually i think there are a lot of very dedicated fans of the sport in the uk as you can tell by the number of people that tune into things like sky sports nfl but i also think that we're maybe starting to plateau slightly or at least the approach that we're taking to push the sport out in the uk is starting to plateau after obviously having so many games come forward and there were empty seats at that titans ravens game for instance like it they may have sold 61,000 seats, but I don't think there were 61,000 people in the stands that day at Todd. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I think uh, the the time of like, you know, um, going into, you know, Piccadilly and doing like the, you know, hey, here's the like, you know, basic experience to like grow the game. Like, but it's not like American football is a new thing anymore. Um, you know, so I think as far as that goes, um, you know, I think it's more of just changing it up to excite people. You know, if you do Love Island for 35 seasons, you don't change one thing about it. No one's, you know, eventually even even England's going to get tired of Love Island. So, you know, 
You know, we know what you watch in your spare time. <laughs> I, know, I, I did. I, I, there was a time before I had a child, you know. So, um, so you know, you know, if there wasn't Casa more, you know, like if they never introduced that, you know, like people would get bored of it. So, you know, you have to you have to change things up eventually, and that's and that's not trying to bash NFL UK. I mean, that's just no, no. that's just saying in general, you know, like if you they might have thought, shoot we're doing great and then this year they might have seen empty seats and next year they'll probably respond accordingly um so it's one of those things where you know a lot of times and you know i was blessed you know to have worked with a company like stop hub while i was still playing and um a lot of those seats are pre-sold to um like brokers and stuff like that uh people who just keep the lights on so you know, those seats might have been sold to them and, you know, then passed down and passed down. Those people might not have showed up. So there might have been thousands mm. of seats that have been unaccounted for, you know, that weren't actual true fans who ever, who ever planned on going. Yeah. So there's there's all kinds of different like little semantics. And, you know, you can really go you can really go into it. But at the end of the day, yeah, if you really want to make sure the fans are like really dying and getting their hands on those seats, I think you can um you can uh really try to change the change the approach a bit and that's just a matter of freshening things up and changing it a little bit which i think is uh which happens now you know moving to germany and changing things there so mm-hmm. i feel like they'll probably learn a bit about um what they did in germany and what they did differently because obviously the market in germany is a little bit different so as a player what you, what, oh, go on, i was Dave. just sorry Ali, i was just gonna i was just gonna ask what what do you think like as a kind of player insider and like you you know you know a lot of players like still still in the league like how do they see the london games or like now that it's you know we it's kind of shifted some focus to berlin as well like how do they see that game like is there concern with players that they're going to get pulled around to australia or like you know that mexico game now like it how do the players feel about it or do they just see it as like a really fun kind of holiday with a game included or like What's the kind of vibe around it? I say generally most players saw it as just like a fun experience and they saw it as a good opportunity. And um, so, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, some coaching staffs that had never done it. Um, so I had a buddy on the Ravens. Hmm. Um, the first year we played, we played the Ravens. The year we went to the AFC championship and we spanked the Ravens. Um, <laughs> and they got there and they had no idea how to really plan and prep. And they got there on like the Friday and they're like, like, how did you guys like get here? You guys like seemed like you guys were ready to go because we had been doing it for years. Like we, we went every year. Um, whereas it was their first time ever going and it didn't really seem like they had really a grasp on how to do it. So sometimes I feel like that affects the players too. Whereas, you know, they try to really build in some extra downtime, you know, they don't try to pack the schedule like it's a normal week. Mm. Um, you really have to change your whole week starting from the beginning of the week, essentially, um, because of that, because you have the long travel day and you can't just act like it's not there because guys are going to be gassed and guys are going to be done. Um, but I don't think there's Australia. I don't really feel like that's a, I don't think that's a realistic game. I think that's a bit too far out. Mexico. Might I mean that's no that's not really any further. They're not going to go. That's further. true. It's like being in the U.S. in terms of like if you're coming from Seattle to Texas or something. It's yeah. I mean, I don't think they're going far enough south. I think what Mex- are they playing Mexico? Mexico City would be probably about the furthest. And I think they really the last two teams. I think they pick. Well, I think they pick Seattle too. But um, 
I don't think they picked any wild teams to do it. But uh, I do think I can't remember who they picked to play in the Germany game, and it was like Tampa and Seattle, and then Seattle had to like play in some other crazy like really far away game too, and Seattle had all these ridiculous travel miles. Um, whereas like Tampa, it's like that's that's a no brainer for them to play out east. Uh, yeah. yeah, I think I think you gotta I think you gotta weigh that too. So I don't think you, I don't think you should have West Coast teams be playing. Um, super frequently overseas because that's it's obviously going to take a much bigger toll on them um but yeah i mean as long as it's planned out and i think that should i don't think that should be you know like a we're going to hold this close to our chest i'm like i think that should just kind of be like an nfl mandated thing like here's like a general guideline of how to roll things out and now that most teams have been there they've kind of done that but i'm like i don't really think it should have had to happen that way i feel like it should have been like you know try to get out here on like thursday or like thursday at leave thursday at the earliest but you know they're scared to get guys out there for a whole week because they're worried about guys running rampant at london and <laughs> going crazy and you know guys have gotten in trouble in years past but i mean i don't think it's happened in the last five years but well there, there must be players that have come this might be a stretch right but i know like i know america with traveling outside of the u.s because it's its own continent anyway like a lot of americans don't tend to go outside the u.s that much unless they've got family or something so like there must be players that have come fresh out of college where it might be their first trip outside the u.s is that fair to say well yeah it 100 is so yeah. my when Can't i was blame in... them for going a bit like wow yeah. this is crazy <laughs> yeah like um my first trip outside of the u.s was if i hadn't um was uh, when I was at Notre Dame in college and we played in Ireland oh, and I go. had to get my passport specifically for that. And um, when you go and play in the NFL now, like if you don't have a passport, they get you a passport. Um, they get you signed up and get your passport process. Like when you get signed to a team, um, if you make the 53, because they're like, you're going to have to play overseas eventually. So we're going to get your passport set up and ready um so it's one of those things where you they make sure you have your passport set up and ready to go um here's your yeah, signing like, bonus we need the selfie photo we need your signature for the documents it all comes as one kind of thing then yeah they take you they take you down to the post office you know <laughs> that's incredible group photo group you know group like field trip down to the <laughs> post office get your pictures yeah Come on, rookies. It's the annual passport <laughs> symposium here in the Detroit Lions camp. Yeah. <laughs> That's cool, man. I mean, I know they get, there's the opportunity for them to go a bit crazy in, in London and everything, but Jacksonville did show us this year that back-to-back -back games, you look sharper, particularly in that second game. You look really sharp compared to, you know, a Bills side that we're really slow to get out of the blocks. That, that jet lag thing is real. I can just see there being a big knock-on effect now for the remainder of the international games in London, however long it lasts, that teams are going to see this and will coaches will want to get them out as quickly as possible for a, a Monday, Tuesday landing in the UK to get adjusted. Yeah, I mean, that's it started off as a Monday, Tuesday. Then they started doing the leave on Thursday, get there Friday um, to try to be try to have it as short as possible. Um and so this past, uh, so when Jacksonville was here, Jackson, so now the new thing is that they're keeping guys away from the city. So they're staying way away from the city is the new mm -hmm. thing now. 
Whereas when Jack's when we used to stay in Wembley, um, I know Jack stayed way away from the city center. I talked with a coach in Tennessee that I knew that they are staying way north too. So both both teams stayed way away from the city, and they had you know bus shuttles take guys in and out of the city if they wanted to go. Um, so I think that's the new thing now. There where they're you know they're trying to like keep them away, and I'm like you know it's kind of a disservice. I'm like. You know they don't really get to experience it. I'm like, you know that mm. that part of North North London. I'm like, you know, you might as well just be in the countryside of anywhere. I'm like, that's not really, it's not mm. really London. I mean, anyone who's been there. I'm like, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm not not to not anyone who's in the north side of London. So I'm not saying anything <laughs> bad about you guys, but I mean, it's it's not London. <laughs> Watford Junction is a beautiful place. I mean, there are a few stories about players getting cabs back because it it. Did you stay at the Grove at any point when you were there? Was it was that where you guys were based that year? Oh no! When I was there, we used to literally stay across the street oh, from Wembley. Oh, okay. You were in the kind of the uh, the Hilton, isn't it? Just across there. Yeah, we were we were right in it. We used yeah. to walk back from uh, Saturday or Saturday shakeout. We used to we used to just walk back from the stadium and walk oh, right across. Right. Yeah, because they do they do set them up in the Grove, which is where uh, I think on a few occasions now the England team has stayed as well. It's a like a golf course that was open. First player to player on it was Tiger Woods and all that kind of stuff. So it's meant to be quite a nice nice place, and it's very nice if you ever get a chance to go down there. I've never really I haven't got the money to spend a night at a hotel that fancy to be honest. But there were always a few good stories about because Watford is easy to get in and out of central London. You know, four or five guys piled into a cab at two o'clock in the morning, trying to sneak back into the hotel after they've gone past curfew with their, with the London games and stuff. Whereas now they're at like Hanbury Manor, which is a lot further out. It's, that's where, yeah, that's where, uh, that's where Jax was. Yeah, there's no two, there's no uh, tube or train or anything to get you there. Absolutely nothing. I don't even think they have Uber around that part of uh, of the country. So the players, I mean, Doug Peterson said that he stayed in the facility for all two weeks, didn't go out and explore, didn't do anything. He was just trying to stay locked in, which I admire. But come on, Doug, you've got to give yourself like a day off or something. You've got to allow yourself. You've got two weeks in the UK. You might want to just step outside for a moment, at least use the golf course. I'm all they they use the golf course. I w- I went there and I saw I saw like um I saw Marcus Pollard who's a good buddy of mine and um I I went and played eighteen with him. I did terrible, but um <laughs> you know like a bunch of guys went you know played. But that's I think that's what a lot of them did. They just, you know they played on a golf course and they, you know they didn't go into town. Whereas you know I remember when I was there. You know, I'm not going to drop names, but it was like we'd get there and I'd be jet lagged as, you know, crazy. And guys would be going out on Friday night and Saturday night. And then they'd be coming back just absolutely out of it. And I'd be like, I don't know how you're doing this. But, you know, you're talking about places to go. I'm like, London's mild. I'm like, you can go any, go to California or go to like New York or go to anywhere in Florida. I'm like, you're going to. You're gonna get in way more trouble in any of those cities than you are in, um, than you are in uh, any like. In yeah, London. every pub in London shuts at eleven. I know, obviously, night. I was gonna say, open, yeah. All the pubs are literally completely iced off. Yeah, we don't have dive o'clock. bars open till four o'clock or whatever. Well, it's the thing. No one, no one drinks. Like no one's gonna Friday night. People will drink, but like no one's gonna drink on a Saturday because no one's that stupid. 
Oh, I, bet like, I bet there are some people that are that stupid. There must be some people that are that stupid in the NFL. <laughs> well, and no, no one who has no one who has to play yeah, is okay, going to yeah, be yeah. drinking on a Saturday. <laughs> I will rephrase. Yeah, there's that like uh, you know second string punter or something that stood around like on the practice squad. Like oh, I could go out and get get a little loose, a little loose. Can you imagine that feeling though if uh, the first string punter gets injured and <laughs> you suddenly play? <laughs> He's throwing up on the field. He's so nervous. There's there's a very good story I was told by a professional footballer saying that he was up at Liverpool and um, it was one he was in his youth days and the basically the coach says you're coming up but you're not even going to be a sub you're not going to be used you he's here to be part of the team basically and so one of the like ex players it's like come on I'll take you into the players lounge we'll have a few beers so they're like four beers deep and suddenly somebody comes in one of these coaches assistants comes in and says lad where the fuck you're needed he's like what yeah a couple of the, one of the subs has gone down with an injury during the warm-up so we need you to at least be on the bench today <laughs> he's like four pints or it's halfway through his fourth pint the ex-pro he's with says oh let him finish his drink before he has to go down and get changed he gets dragged down into the dressing room and he's warming up on the sideline at anfield People are like, God, it was a big one last night. It's like, big one last night. I'm still midway through it. I'm still going kind of thing. I've been on it before we got on the field. I think that's the closest I've heard of anybody hammered getting or like completely pissed up the night before or whatever, getting close to being out on a, on a, any professional sports field. But um, I still reckon there must be a few players that at least like, you know, had a few beers or definitely got high. Like, Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, if you're talking about getting high, I mean, I mean, that's a, that's a ritual. I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, that's why the NBA, that's why the NBA doesn't care about it, and that's why, like, I, I mean, you've heard me talk about. It. I'm like, I don't, I don't know why they even. I don't, yeah. Well, I know why they test for it because they don't want to pay guys if they test positive. But oh yeah, it's happened before, you know. Um, Without I mean, dropping the, names in, is it? It's not just pre-night. Is it morning of kind of thing or? I uh, see uh, some guys some guys literally I I think are like functional and um they do the they are functional and they absolutely have to so there were guys who were like the second you know they would you know the second practice is over they'd go in the parking lot and smoke and then and they'd come back that's so uh, wild to me I've like, got friends like that who can do well mutual friends me and Ollie who like used to play uh, yeah, like sport at uni and stuff, and they'd smoke and then go to go to training or smoke right before the game. But they would be as alert as I am. Whereas if I had done that, I'm just lying on the tackle pads in the corner, like <laughs> trying to talk to you about colors in the sky and stuff. Like it's well, that's it's not a thing for me. I can't do it. You want to talk? One of the funniest things about getting into that hotel in London is that you know you get up to your hotel hotel room floor, and I'm talking like literally within an hour, you the hotel room floor just smells like weed. <laughs> it is just wild how fast it happens, and I'm like, first of all, how did I'm like, if you brought a pen, it wouldn't smell. But like, how did you guys like? get this <laughs> we like we have to like it's like we're not like we're not flying charter day like you have to fly commercial and you have to go through you know customs and everything I'm like how did you guys get this through customs first of all and i'm like how did it how like how are you smoking this in a room without the alarm going off 
That's and some experienced like, guys there. That's some guys the, that know exactly mm, what they're doing. This, mm. The security just like stand there acting like they don't smell it. I'm like, I'm like, dude, like I walk by and <laughs> I can catch, I can, I can, you know, of any like stationary wind, like area and I can catch the wind of it and I stop and I can catch the wind of it, you know, <laughs> by my nose. If you were security though, Ben, would you, would you want to go knock on that door and like you, get you, it answered oh, you, by you, you a, can a six knock foot on the eight? Door. 320 pound lineman what door are you gonna knock on it's it, just the whole hallway <laughs> you wouldn't know where to start you'd have to knock on every single one yeah i mean i'm not condoning this because obviously it's it's not legal in the uk but if i were somebody that was selling uh you know illicit products like marijuana i would be trying to get the inside hookup to be the guy that gets it to the players so they don't have to bring it across. <laughs> so every team gets in contact with you. You have the best stuff and you're basically providing... Maybe it's like, the security guards, Ollie. Maybe. Maybe, this, this maybe they I, leave it on the know, bed. One you hand washes the other. You want it in the hotel room on the no, bed. I never, I never got that notice if that was the case. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying for, you know, th these guys are industrious. They're, you know, they're running their business. That's the way I'd approach it. I'd leave calling cards out around the game or something like that. It would get back to the players and then you can be the hookup next time. I mean, the Jags are still coming over for what, for another two years guaranteed, oh, I think. So, yeah, and it's least. probably going to continue. So you can at least get the hookup in with Jacksonville so they don't have to risk bringing it across on the flight. Can you imagine if like, I don't know, like Ryan Tannehill is getting marched off a plane by UK border police because <laughs> they found a whole load of weed or something stuffed into his bag and the controversy that would cause. Stuffed somewhere into, else, maybe. Going, you always, yeah, yeah. You always hear stories of like guys like saying like, yeah, like I rolled it up in my sock. I'm like, you realize it goes through a scanner, right? <laughs> like a sock isn't going to do anything. Like... Like you're like yeah, I rolled it up in my carry on in my socks. I'm like D that doesn't that doesn't do anything. Like it's metal. Yeah. <laughs> like there's metal in there that that doesn't help you. <laughs> like like they, I don't know. I, I told you there some of them aren't that smart, and those are the ones that will go out drinking the game before the day before, and those are the guys that are trying to trying to smuggle weed through the TSA checks going yeah, in and out. I mean of that. that that's why I said like going like California is worse because I mean you see the guys the second they get there it's like hopping in the, they'll call one Uber and it's like hopping in a clown car heading to a dispensary <laughs> so you know like it's, that's how it goes so I'm like you know you're worried about what's going to happen in London I'm like okay like guys are more likely to go out in uh, US cities where they actually know what's going on yeah uh, I don't know this Ben, I, and I've been meaning to look into it and I haven't got around to it and I'll probably do it after this podcast anyway but you might know the answer to this you might not what's the rule on taking it from state to state when both states legalize it are you I mean, allowed to take it across you, state borders yeah I, you, okay. I think you just can't I think you're still just not allowed to take it on an airplane period but okay. I mean you can drive with it as far as I know okay but, um, All right. that, that puts as far as right. I mean don't quote me on it I, I'm really not sure <laughs> when I get but, pulled I mean, over just, at a border in the US just yeah. getting ready for his, his I mean, great American road trip there's no borders on the states the only the only state that has a border going in as far as i know is california and that's just for agricultural stuff because it's, you're going from arizona which is a literal desert into california which very much puts all, all their taxpayer money into mm. you know making sure there's actual not a wasteland green, there. yeah 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 no so. it, was, it was only because um some friends i was with in arizona uh were 
when we were at the Super Bowl, had a load of weed. They got like a free bag of it um, for after they went to a dispensary. They basically got like a party bag of weed. So they oh, bought like a load of macaroons and stuff. And then they were given like a load of extra skunk and blunts in this party bag. They didn't finish it all. And I have a friend in California that does or at least used to smoke a fair bit of weed. And so they were flying home from Arizona. I was flying back from LA. So I was driving back to California anyway. And I had it on the top of my... Like, it was basically out in the middle of the car. Um, like just very easy to see. And I got to the state border and I was suddenly like, I don't know if you're allowed to carry marijuana across one border to another state or not. I have no idea. Because they had like a little stop and check for, I guess, like fruit and veg or whatever it is. Yeah, that's, so, that's the agricultural check. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a bit like, oh, I really just hope I don't get stopped because I just is don't it, need it, this when I've got a flight that night kind of thing. So it was well, a risky... As a non, as a non-resident, you're, you're going to be banned for life if you get on the wrong side of the yeah, yeah. i mean i wouldn't i wouldn't leave it wide out in the open because i mean that temper that gives them reason to search your car even if you're not smoking it even if it is legal but i mean it was you could say like they could be like oh you seem groggy sir yeah, like, well, yeah. they're gonna find all the other shady shit that you've got going on are they? <laughs> well yeah. they just they just find a very very sad man in that car still wearing his <laughs> eagles jersey after <laughs> the best and worst night of his life unfortunately so oh. uh there was there was nothing else yeah. there was nothing shady and i had not consumed any uh of the uh, of the product that day uh, i accidentally did on the saturday at the golf um i had a macaroon in the no no honestly ben don't give me the accidentally <laughs> inverted commas i i woke up in the morning i'd been out at a different party on the friday night with a friend of mine who was over there from new york they'd been out to like this place in scottsdale scottsdale gets crazy they got all this these weed bits and all that kind of stuff so I, I wake up first thing in the morning everybody else in the airbnb is not up yet and i go and make a coffee and i see this little tray of macaroons and you know what it's like at like some of these events there's always just like free bits and bobs around the place and stuff so i was like Ooh, oh well guess we got some like free macaroons or something and so i picked up one and ate it and then i looked at the tray and i was like that's weird all the other macaroons are like half eaten why have people had like a bite <laughs> of like little macaroon and then just put it back in the uh back in the tray and then about 40 minutes later, I found the packaging for the macaroons and it was like, oh, you know, 20 milligram edibles. I was like, oh, really? I haven't got high since I was about 17. It didn't go well the last time I got it high. It did not go well. Can testify. <laughs> and, we were, and we were going to the golf that day. So uh, <laughs> I was walking around uh, TPC with my uh, the waste management open in my Eagles jersey with an English accent, having strangers come up to me. And I didn't really want to talk to anybody at certain points during that day because it was just like i just need to get through this all right i'll just get through this and i'll be fine and i'll just commentate on the super bowl the next day so uh yeah that was a complete accident rather than any sort of intentional intentional side of it don't judge at least you at least you held it together just about you're just professional about. although you think you held it together you might not <laughs> yeah. held it together yeah. maybe we should ask a third party and see what actually happened yeah. <laughs> Um, was, yeah, yeah. Ben, you you said you haven't uh, like watched too many games this year because um, oh, yeah, of time still, constraints and stuff. Still keep tabs though. Yeah, well, that's what I want to ask you. Have, who have you been impressed by and stuff so far this year? Have you seen anybody like that's jumped out to you that you you're high on? Oh, I mean, um, definitely. I I I feel like I was talking to um, I talked. I feel like I talked to my brother a lot about football and. Um, I was thought, uh, I feel like Lamar Jackson has just been off the charts. Um, and I feel like he's 
I feel like he's just not getting the credit. Also, I feel like, well, what game was it that he lost that, you know, they would have won by, I don't know, two touchdowns if he didn't, mm-hmm. the team didn't have like 12 drops, I think they, I think mm-hmm. it was. You know, the guy's just been crazy. You know, I mean, he's had two fumbles, but, you know, he's just been unstoppable. The fact that he could be scrambling every, every play and if he really wanted to, but he's just a pure pocket passer. Um, to me, I mean, he's just an outstanding weapon, and I feel like he's proven that he's worth every cent that he's been paid. Have you, did you watch the Lions game where they just ripped them up? Oh, yeah. Because I, I just, like, I, that was one of the most, it seems like we're constantly getting surprising results this year. Um, like the Vikings beating the Niners, which I didn't see coming, or like, I don't know, a million other things, like the Bills losing to the Patriots. Like, you get crazy results every week, but that was one that I just didn't see coming. Like, I bet on the Lions, which was painful, because uh, I think they were three scores down in the, like, midway through the second or something. Um, but, yeah, yeah that game, I just... But they were so... The Lions going into that game, I thought that was going to be, like, one of the closest games of the week, like, back and forward and stuff. And then I watched the highlights afterwards, because I was watching the Falcons. And, yeah, Lamar just absolutely shredded them. And that was, like, a defense on the rise as well. It's like... I mean, Lamar, Lamar shredded them, but, like, Mark Andrews had a huge game in that as well. I mean, yes, tight end university was it tight end week as well? I'm I'm sorry, Ben. I'm not necessarily into this whole like tight end week that we're we're making it sound like tight the crucial day. catch yeah. month and stuff like that. Like it's starting no, it's to just sound tight like end a... day. it's just tight end day. Yeah, you know, you know. I, I, I don't know. We don't. Yeah, I I don't UK, think it's an... UK's getting involved. I I reached out to tight end you uh, in the UK. And I was, I was slightly offended they didn't even reach out to me, to be honest. That's like, ridiculous. I, I, in the UK, <laughs> and you have you have a, you have two tight end days, and you have not contacted me. But, you know, and, you know, they had an O-line coach helping them out. And I was like, all right, guys, come on now. <laughs> um, so I was like, I was like, I would be more than happy to help out. And then, you know, they're throwing tags at George Kittle and stuff. I was like, OK, guys, come on now. Um, you know, Disrespect. I, I am right here. I get that you want George Kittle. But you know, I am I am here. Yeah, George Kittle is there. Not, you're not going to get George Kittle. Yeah, he's he's busy. <laughs> he's, he's busy losing he, this week. He's he's over there he's over there guys he's a little busy um but you know i'm here and i get the year vet is in another year but you know let's let, let's do something did you here. did you show them the squatting videos that you've been putting out and be like look i still oh, got it i still got pub- it all right guys publicly available it's publicly available <laughs> hey, and i just did i was gonna say i just did that jags tight end camp so you know I'm I'm just I don't think it's the most disrespected position in the sport. I don't think we need a day to appreciate that when we have oh. Hawkinson, Kittle, Andrews. I mean, we've everyone's been screaming about Tony Gonzalez, Algie Crumpler, Antonio Gates, like Titans Gronk. You realize the gap between the you realize the gap between there. Are you talking Algie Crumpler and Tony Gonzalez? And yeah, you okay. It's like okay. a fifteen year gap between you, you, TJ you also Hawkinson didn't... there. You also didn't, you mentioned Hawkinson and then you didn't mention Kelsey. And I know why you didn't mention Kelsey because oh, you are so you men- sick of this Taylor Swift. If you mention Kelsey, you have to mention Taylor Swift now. And it's- that's I why mean, you didn't do that. You did it. None of us did it. I, I didn't want it. Too. I did not want it. Thank you. I, Cut away. Yeah. Oh. 
And then we have her <laughs> and Brittany Mahomes doing their special little handshake thing. And they... I mean, she just has to be the center of attention somehow. Oh, she's yeah. she's right. she's she's what I refer to as a social climber. <laughs> what, Brittany and, Mahomes. Anybody, yes. Yeah. So you are, whoever you are on the right podcast, whoever, by the way. <laughs> whoever whoever is the most popular she has to she has to be associated as patrick mahomes star of the team so obviously she gets she gets you know she gets all the airtime yeah uh-oh here comes taylor swift oh, we're besties. Well, i'm not getting the airtime we're besties. <laughs> so it's like you know you know what you're gonna do now like oh we're gonna come up with a handshake yeah yeah, yeah so you know that's i, how, that's how I thought she was very tactical in that like as soon as mama kelsey isn't next to taylor well i'm taking the seat next to taylor not any of taylor's actual friends maybe she doesn't have any i don't know she could have like a you know very bleak life of a pop star who doesn't have like actual real friends just people that organize her life and all that i hope that's not the case taylor i wish you all the best in your personal endeavors and your music but i thought it was very funny how Britney just slid straight in there straight away. Oh my god, my boyfriend like, and your boyfriend yeah. are friends on the team, <laughs> so we should be best friends now as well. And they can cut to us all the time when they connect for touchdowns. Super handshake time. Yeah, none of that. None of that. Thank you very much. It'd be funny if she just just completely ignored her and was like, "I'm famous in my own right. Like I do not need to." Talk to you. <laughs> yeah, for real though. Who are you? Yeah, I mean, and in, in all honesty, I mean, and so Taylor Swift's little brother actually went to notre dame the same time i did um given he did not have a great reputation because he was known as taylor swift's little brother and he um did he didn't was not known as being the most humble because of it but he had a couple friends um that knew him and that had met taylor swift because of that and said she was pretty down to earth and pretty cool so nice. you know i'll hold judgment until i ever if i ever meet her i'm sure she's a cool person so I'm not going to go on here and Taylor bash. I mean, like, I'm sure she, like, you know, do I, I don't know if I, you know, do we need to see it every single 30 seconds on in the NFL, you know, on the no, NFL? That's not, that's not her fault, is it? I mean, she's just exactly. watching her it's, boyfriend play football where there's she's, like, the NFL is like, oh, we need to just get all over this. Exactly. We're going to track all these new fans that don't that, care about football. That's not her fault. I mean, the, from yeah. the NFL's point of view, I mean, that's that's their best case scenario. They're like, sweet, this is just advertising coming for us. Like, you're just coming to watch your boyfriend. Like, that's great for you. That's great for us, you know? Yeah. But um, Falsely yeah, inflating numbers was the way mm-hmm. a uh, journalist put it to me today. And I was like, that is you exactly... Wanna... You want to talk about falsely inflating numbers? How about the Charger super fan oh. <laughs> who was previously a Viking super fan? What's and that? She even went. She even went on the show. I was like, I'm a super mom and a super fan. And I'm like, is no one going to ask her why she was a Viking super fan like a year ago? Have you not seen this, Dave? No, no, no. There's Explain. like a, there's this woman who was pictured doing this like she was caught on tv wasn't it she was doing this like kind of i'm a, i'm so into this game i'm so into this game and so like right. she ended up on like pat mcafee this week and stuff like that and she's been interviewed about it all but 12 Good months America ago 18 like months that, ago yeah. she's pictured pretty much doing the exact same pose at a vikings game in minnesota it's like what uh. how does how does this happen is no, she an in, is she like a tiktok they're saying she was an NFL. They're saying she was an NFL plant, like for like primetime games. So uh-huh. like, 
like because like uh it was like a primetime game and like yeah. there's no one there to like root for like um there's no one there to root i don't think um there's anyone there to root for the chargers or something like that so they needed <laughs> sounds about there. right and yeah right um but you, so yeah. um so they need some to root for the chargers and so like that's where they had her and they just kept panning to her and it's like no one cares yeah this is not even a famous person like don't get me I'm wrong like, it's not a fame one it's not a famous person too it's not someone who seems overly compelling but like just someone who's just overly emotive like yeah. you'd be better you'd be better off like finding like a kid who's like like crying about it or something like they do on like you know like when they do like college march madness yeah when they always find like the kids who are like screaming off or something you know like or in college football yeah from the student section or whatever that are like overly emotive about their school yeah, spirit right? and stuff yeah but but i'm just like i'm like i have no investment in this like you can you can move on like, yeah this is it kinda... sounds terrible i'm glad i wasn't aware of this no, it's it's... but like yeah they just pulled it they just pulled up like the receipt being like so the same woman who's the diehard chargers fan seems to be a diehard chiefs fan like a year ago yeah <laughs> wait but the nfl surely it they don't need plants i mean like you've got fireman eddie or whatever in new york that wears the helmet and leads every j-e-t-s jets 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 you've got like the guys that dress up as actual eagles going to eagles games and stuff you don't need to plant somebody in, even at the chargers there's loads of chargers, don't have, Char chargers fans the thing is chargers lost half their fans when they moved from san diego to la but they mm. do exist outside i mean i've been to a game at sofi last year there are plenty of la chargers fans that turn up like dressed up in weird stuff and all that you know, there was a guy walking around uh, in like a superhero outfit, like a lightning bolt kind of thing, looking a bit like a banana man type guy and stuff. And but the, were any of them in a box in a perfect camera angle? Oh, uh, yeah, none of. Yeah, them I was going to say, and also like, if that person's then interviewed afterwards, are you like worried about what they're going to say and stuff? Like, yeah, do they do they speak perfectly? Yeah, is there a bit of mental illness they have, when there's they, the dress up? Involved are, they also, are they also a working mom with a great backstory? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I don't care about people's personal lives. I don't want to know about that. I just, I don't, I don't care. I don't I just want to <laughs> yeah. watch football. I just want to watch a touchdown without having <laughs> like an X Factor style backstory to everything that I see with like some sort of like sobby emotional style. <laughs> well, I became a Chargers fan when my brother was struggling to deal with his Crohn's disease, and then it getting me through that. Like you are a bit, you are a bit kind of known for being a little cynical like, yeah slightly cynical i mean you've talked about the draft before ollie and you're like god if i hear another player talk about their rough upbringing in fairness that was that was jazz in fairness jazz was the one that brought the thunder was on why does why does every player in the draft suddenly have like a sob story that we need to spend 20 minutes on after every pick because they purposely try to probe you like i told you i think i told you two both this like i literally got like points docked off by coaches when they're like you don't seem like you're overly excited i'm yeah, like yeah yeah i'm like that. i'm just even keel like i'm like <laughs> yeah, i'll try it. to be i'm like i'm not gonna waste my energy jumping up and down after like a 10 yard run i'm just gonna go back to the line and just, <laughs> just... block a blocker on my route he like, doesn't love really the care. game enough they're like yeah it's like he's like doesn't love doesn't love the game i'm like <laughs> okay i like getting paid and i like playing football 
<laughs> like the, I feel like those are the two essential qualities. And, like, I'm, and I'm a great leader, and I'm better than the guy who's ahead of me. So I'm like, yeah. I feel like those are those are the qualities that you need. But <laughs> it's amazing you know. to think that that gets looked down on. Like, well, you know, he doesn't look like he has the potential to throw an AJ Brown sort of tantrum uh with some sort of you know in insanity kind of drive to get there so even though he does execute and ticks every single box that we want we need that level of crazy so we're not gonna have it definitely i mean you have to have that i guess to play corner but aside from that like you know <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> I, I i've never understood i mean that's like you know that's I mean, the NFL needs like a money ball revolution done. They're working on position by position. Mm. And I suppose they need to start looking at how they evaluate player positions a bit more as well. Because we see that changing quite a lot over the last few years. Like Wide receivers now come in and execute way faster than they have ever done previously coming out of college. Running backs are now considered, as opposed to being considered like prize running backs, coming out of the draft it's now considered a well we can take you third fourth fifth it doesn't matter at this point like Isaiah Pacheco for instance showed last year that you can just come in and if it's the right scheme you can fill a slot and the do you think it is you know a lot of people talk about in sports it's cyclical that sort of thing do you think that is a cyclical thing or is it a change for permanence in the NFL when you look at how they're now evaluating players you know tight ends are more athletic less inclined to block these days than, than it has been because the running game is falling away a little bit more it's such a pass heavy league etc do you think it will go back at any point in the way they start looking at player positions and, and how much they value each one um i think things are bound to change um yeah i think there's a cyclical element to it but um yeah i mean i don't think tight ends by nature are have become lighter i think the demand for them has become lighter like for myself like take me for example i came in the league i was 250 and they were like cool we need you to beef up and be like a blocker blah blah i'm like i already block extremely well at 250 i'm an above average blocker at 250 um okay well we need you to be like 270 cool cool you know i get up to 270 and then we bring in d you know what's his name d philippus okay now we need everybody to be 240 i'm like dude i just got 270 that's not happening i'm sorry (laughs) so i was gonna say how many how many uh I wonder what the average weight is actually now. Because oh, it's, it's like two seventy sounds they don't crazy. Even, to they me. don't. Even, they don't even use them. Like tight ends. Like tight ends. Literally, it's it's painful to watch. Like they'll be they'll be like, oh, they brought in this, this tight end for a block, and or they'll be like, this tight end threw a great block. I'm like, that was terrible. I'm like, mm-hmm. I would have got a minus on my grade sheet if I had blocked like that. Like it's it's just it's just bad nowadays um tight, like the run the run schemes they run nowadays like literally don't even rely on the tight ends or expect the tight ends to get a block um that's that's just how bad it is and i mean to be fair they've from day one they always teach the ends they say if you get blocked by a tight end you shouldn't be in the nfl which is why i used to take so much pleasure when i used to pancake them um <laughs> but on the other end it's just like you know it, does, it just doesn't make sense you know mm. This I mean, doesn't make sense. The number of times you see now tight ends lining up in, you know, full on wide out, like tight end, as in the end of the line, not the end outside, lining up in the wide out position and not looking that much different to the receivers that are generally lining up outside there anyway. And you have to quick glance of the numbers and be like, oh no, that is Kyle Pitts 
lining out. I was, out I was out, just I thinking of Carl Pitts when he said that. <laughs> I was also thinking of like, I, I mean, I'm so Falcon centric uh, with like most of my references, but I it, I was like, how much is John o. Smith weigh? That's what I was looking at my phone. He's got about two, he's, he's about two. But the thing is, John o. Smith. Yeah, he's 250. He's, he's 248. They've got him down as, but he's massive. And I'm like, let's see, he's 250. I would, I would bet he's about 255. You got up to 270. Dude, I was my That's last so year. Big. My last year, I was two. I was two seventy five, two eighty when I was playing. I was still running well too, wow. but that's why. If you ask TJ, ask TJ Watt, I was, I was, uh, I was um, putting him on his back multiple times in one play. Nice. That's what I say. Like I used to box. I used, we used to play the Steelers. I would just I would be pancaking TJ Watt because the Steelers never adjust their defense. I always tell my brother this because being from Pittsburgh, he always talks about the Steelers. And he wants to always know what's one of their biggest weaknesses. And I'm like, they don't adjust their game plan to anybody. You know, they don't adjust their defense at all. Um, so, you know, you play them once and then you play them again. And you assume they're going to change. They don't change. They keep it. And they just assume that, you know, we'll just play better. And so it's like, you, no. So you can pick apart a steal. If you know what's coming, you can kind of pick them apart fairly easily from an offensive coordinator point of view or should be able to then. Oh, I, I could have told you. I mean, they had the most, you know, anytime they ran anything where it was a corner pressure, you know, they would immediately, you know, they just ran your standard 3-4. wasn't a move 3-4. It was your classic 3-4. Um, I'm not Sorry, sure. What's a, what's a move 3-4 as opposed to a classic? So, like, think like um like a 3-4 with, like, an offset nose where, like, more like what the Jags used to run. So, like, with a lot of movement, a lot of movement on the front, like, you're not staying in your gap. Okay. Whereas they stayed in their gap, they're occupying the gaps, so they're trying to occupy the caps gaps. So someone like T.J. Watt is always on an island rushing free. That's why he has. That's why he gets a lot of sacks because he's always one on one. Overinflated um, numbers, much like the NFL viewing figures on <laughs> T.J. Watt. Then, if you stick him in any other defense, he's going to struggle a lot more. It's what I'm hearing. Yes. Yeah, so the whole point is that you know, like, if you want to move around, cool. But the whole thing is that you know, you keep everyone in their gaps because then you know you have your three technique taking up you know the guard in the center um sometimes even the tackle and you leave tj watt on the tight end or mm. you leave tj Watt on a tackle if they slide it out slide the protection out and then you know you might have a running back chip or he's one-on-one with a tackle and it's like that's the whole point you leave him one, one the whole time um but yeah so i mean a lot of times he'd be on me and i'd be like I'm still gonna block you, like you know, <laughs> be you. fine. He'd I'm get 270, nerd. TJ. <laughs> he he he'd be frustrated that he went. He never got a sack on me. He'd be frustrated. He didn't get a sack on me. We'd run outside zone, and you know, like I'd rush him outside. He'd try to do some arm over. I'd be like, cool. As soon as you try an arm over, it's done. If you ever on the, I always tell guys when I coach them, I'm like, don't ever arm over because it exposes your chest. I'm like, the same goes on defense. I'm like, if you expose your chest, I'm like, I'm putting you on the grass. Yeah. So I'm like, he, as soon as he tries arm over, doink. He tries to get up out on the play, like to hustle back, doink again. <laughs> and then he tries to jump on the pilot again. And I'm like, I'm going to go ahead and run you off that pile, doink again. You make it, so. I think it's the doink that makes it sound so easy. <laughs> well, he, he, weigh, he weighs, um, well, you got to think, I'm, um, for me, I'm like I was like 280. He's probably he's probably a bit stronger now. I'd probably struggle with it now because he wasn't. He definitely wasn't as strong now, as uh, strong then as he is now. I feel like he was more sp- speed based. I mean, he, him him and JJ both are they both 
do the same thing where they have kind of basically like one move. So JJ was was just a jab and a jab and a swipe. That was all JJ had. JJ had the one move, but it was very effective. He could bull rush you or he could jab and swipe. And he was very strong. So you still had to you had to be prepared for a bull rush. But thankfully, you know, he's a three tech. I never really had to ever block him. Mm. Um rarely ever lined up wide enough. Um and because the Texans play a three four. Um but with uh with uh TJ, you know, he just he was purely based on speed. So he either, you know, plays you power and then he plays you a dip and a rip. But he's fast enough that he can dip around you, and that's why most guys can't block him. So okay. that's that's what he does. But I'm like, you know, I'm big enough, and, and the thing is, what I do different than tackles as a tight end is that I'll quick set you. So I'm like, you you can't get in your rhythm before anyway. So I just quick set you, and then you're thinking run, and I'm like, no, I'm blocking you, and you're like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then by the time you figure out what's going on, I'm like, cool, I'm walking you up, and you're still on the line of scrimmage. And even if you do get past me, you still have seven or eight more yards to cover to get to the quarterback, and the ball's gone. Nice. You should have been an offensive lineman, Ben, and just uh, just fully committed to to putting people on the backs. I mean, if someone wanted to sign me, I was like, cool. I was like, <laughs> I always said, I'm like, if you really, if I like, I'll gain the extra ten pounds to stay in the league. If someone, if someone really wants to, you know, put me a Do that, offensive yeah. tackle, I've seen worse offensive tackles. My God, <laughs> oh, that have I, been on active roster. Okay, as a as a former obviously tight end in the NFL and uh, a guy that knows knows beans in terms of pass rushes who is the one person that you would not want to face right now in the NFL is it Miles Garrett is he the best of the best at this point Miles Garrett is he's pretty ridiculous Daniel Hunter is a monster as well um he does not get enough credit in my opinion he just does not but yeah Miles Garrett and I remember playing against him when he was a rookie he was not there yet but his confidence is just there and he has a combination of strength and quickness, which is just, uh, which kind of is clowny esque to me. Yeah. So it's like you can't really, you can't really guard it, and that's the same thing with Daniel Hunter. Where, but the difference with Daniel Hunter is, is I feel like he, Daniel Hunter, has a little bit more length. So, um, you want you want to so as a tight end, like you know, you're thinking six technique. You're thinking, okay, I want to get my head inside on this block. But you're like this dude's arms are so long he's just gonna throw me to the ground mm. did like, you see him block that kick uh was that last week or was that the week before oh, Garrett with the leap over yeah yeah that how can insane. he move like that how can I mean, he move like dude, that? dude's a freak probably got yeah. test probably got tested the next week too yeah <laughs> yeah the next day within an hour yeah miles oh, we're, yeah, gonna, he... we're gonna need a load of that pee <laughs> yeah. load of it. if you checked above his locker he probably got the the old the old piece of paper saying like, yeah, <laughs> got to test your pee by the end of the day. But yeah. yeah. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he's a freak. So I think um, Hunter is a, is he a free agent next year? I was wondering. I think uh, so. I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Cause the Vikings keep talking about trying to move him. I was like, mm. I, don't know, I don't think you want to. I was like, no. if you, I was like, I would keep him personally. You're not going to yeah. draft. You're not drafting a guy as good as him. I mean, that dude, they probably he, won't. They probably won't now. I mean, they were talking about trading cousins as well, but like they they just beat the Niners, so I guess their season's still very much alive. So they're like, they're I don't want to trade anyone. Why do you trade a quarterback mid-season though? Unless someone else goes down, there's no real point. Mm. 
So I mean, you'd have to see you'd have to see a starter go down for that to happen. And who's their backup even? I was going to say they've got nobody waiting in the wings. Like it's it's not like it would be it'd be a tank job. But I think they lost. What did they start the season at though? Where it looked really ugly. It was like were they one and three or were they zero and three? It was really bad at the start. It was like zero and three, and then they won. They won two out of three, and then now it's three out of four. Yeah. but so they've all been relatively close games, I think, with the Vikings. They always they are. Were. They always yeah. are. They were because so, they said last year they were like they were like eight and zero and one possession games, and they started out the year like zero and three or something like that, or zero and four and one possession games. Yeah, lost lost to the Bucks by three, lost to the Eagles by six, and lost to the Chargers by four. So it's like going zero and three. It's just that's just hard luck, unfortunately. Like you know, it's it went all their way last year now the coins kind of flipped to the other side and mm. it's not it's not a, it's not a bad team and then to go no. out and beat the niners yeah i mean that that's a do, great do you think that do you think that's why jazz hasn't showed up this week ollie because uh you know, ben because is, he, he ben's needs uh, tj needs... watt all week <laughs> <laughs> well there's that i don't think he would have enjoyed that by the way but um also uh yeah, I mean, he hates Kirk Cousins. He thinks he's garbage. So, mm. like, the idea that Kirk Cousins can go and have his best game, I think he's deliberately dodged this week, so he doesn't, he doesn't come up. The I mean, it'd be, it, it'd be very astute, and it'd be very jazz for what he wants to do. But, um, yeah, I, I, yeah I, I definitely think it's more the uh, TJ stuff, to be honest, I think. Yeah, I think forward. so. He saw it coming. Yeah, they forward. are playing. I just seen the Falcons are playing the Vikings in two weeks. I think we got the Titans this week, and then we got the Vikings the week after. And I think they'll beat up all over us. So I'm not looking forward to that. Right, look I mean, like a way better team at the moment. Falcons are just so hot and cold. I mean, it's hard to know what's, oh what's going to go God. on. Are, are they did hot? You, did you see? Right. Hot? I've, can i talk they're about like mildly warm well, mildly warm and cold <laughs> yeah, yeah they have, they have the potential and they have the pieces it's just did you see man did you see uh the game this sunday or like did you see the highlights of it i did it's one, it's one of the few i haven't had a chance to actually oh look my you should go go and watch the hi- like four minute highlights on it because it's just really funny like it was and i was like laughing watching it because i'm you know i've been a falcons fan quite a long time now and i've seen a lot of like bullshit over like over the years this was like obviously it's more i wouldn't have found it as funny if we hadn't won the game with a kick at the end you can kind of look back and be like that was crazy but we had ridder gets a bad snap and then can't gather it on the half yard line and then and then loses the ball turnover and then he he scores a running touchdown in the first quarter, which was good. And he really sold the dummy and then like took it off on his own. But he gets another chance to have a very similar play, like the 12 yard line in the fourth quarter now. And this is after the, the initial fumble on the half yard line where they've taken the ball away from us. And he's got the ball in his right arm. And then all of the, all of the defenders are to this side. So he's running the left side of the field and he's going towards the pylon. And he doesn't move the ball to his left arm. Even an absolute loser like me knows you got to move the ball and there's no chance the defender. He can literally just, just reach out and it's going to be over. And he just doesn't see that a defender's just coming through. And it was a great play, to be fair. But again, the half-yard line, and they had to, like, they thought they had scored the Falcons player. They're all celebrating. I'm like, oh, that didn't look great. He fucking punched it out. Oh my god! So so Ridder had two, and he had an inception as well. So he had two turnovers, and he had the mad two Drake turnovers. London flipped upside down 
to put the ball at the half yard line where they were like working on it for minutes oh. to work out if his finger had scraped out of bounds. That was like five minutes. Or if he fumbled review. it into the end zone and stuff. And then the play after that's the one which is like the fumbled snap. So it's like, yeah. well, great. That five minutes of going over replay was completely nullified because Devin Ritter really, yeah, can't take a freaking he... snap from the half yard line. Like. Oh, honestly, it was just so crazy. Their whole offense is under center. I feel like you should be able to take a snap. <laughs> you would think that about a professional quarterback in the NFL who's got a starting job, but uh, yeah. Man, yeah, I mean, I would, I would love to. Actually, I man, I would love to still go back and play as much as it is. But it's like, like, um, like it's funny, like funnily enough. But it's like I'd be like. I actually like text my agent like like I don't know what it was like a month ago. Can I get a game? Be like, be like, be like, because I you know I did that one Jags camp. I was like, oh, I'm 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 moving pretty good. I'm feeling I'm feeling pretty nice. I was like, is the market dried up? You know, blah blah. And then you know, because I was like, I was like, yeah, like I know I know teams like you know the Falcons could probably use like a good blocking tight end because you know like you know they have like John o. Smith and Kyle Pitts, and I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, they're, they're great receivers, but they're not blocking tight ends. But then I'm like. Yeah, Arthur Smith would probably love to just tell me no straight to my face <laughs> because uh long funny story is that like uh so I literally know Arthur Smith from uh back when he was an assistant coach at the um when I was at the senior bowl. I knew him then. He wasn't even a tight ends coach yet. Then he became tight ends coach, became an OC, became a head coach, and then eventually became well, when he was still off OC of the Titans. I was, I had uh, torn my meniscus, had uh, injury settlement, then I was working out for teams. And I, the Titans offered, they're like, yeah, we'll put you on P-Squad for one week and then we'll elevate you to 53 uh, the next week. And I was like, this was before you could just bring guys off and on, off and on, off and on. They could have just kept me there and screwed me. Mm. And I didn't know if I trusted it. So I was just like, oh, like maybe, but like I'm gonna go like try to work out I'll one more like workout. We'll see. Like I don't, I don't know if I think I'm just gonna turn it down. Um, so you know, two weeks later, I signed with the Jags, get put on the 53 immediately. I'm like, I want my crude season essentially. I'm like, for my like for my pension for everything. I'm like, I want my crude season. Like mm. by like week ten, I need to be on active roster. Um, like two weeks later. First week back, we play the Steelers. Second week back, on like a Thursday night football game, we play the Titans. Get absolutely smacked. Just crushed. <laughs> Arthur Smith comes up to me. He's like, he's like, yeah, hey, just want to say, yeah, guess you made the right choice. <laughs> like goes out of his way to find me. And I'm like, yeah. He really, he took that like. Yeah, so, that you signed so, with another team. so i was like yeah i'm like i'm like yeah so i'm a, as much as i was if i like hounded my agent i bet if he called the falcons i'm like i bet if he was like yeah ben quick really wants to work out he'd probably be like yeah sure bring ben fly Koyak. you out yeah he'd bring ben quick in just so he could say no to my face i like like it wouldn't i could probably have the best workout i would ever had he'd probably do it just to say no to my face doesn't I even mean, look it, up it, 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 like, props to and props to him because I'd probably like you know he'd be like, he'd be like yeah I gave you a shot and you said no so sit and watch it doesn't watch you do all the drills but makes you do all the drills and then just he'd, goes nah he'd probably structure with no other tight end it'd be just me and probably make it like some crazy ridiculous workout <laughs> and then just like and then just afterward just be like like come up and just be like you're done 
Uh-huh. Or, like, make, or make it like some like 4 a.m. one or like you have to wake up at 4 a.m. do all the physicals and stuff and like make some insane workout or something like after that. After you've like, done the flight, so you're super jet lagged and it's really tough as well and all that. Yeah. yeah. I love uh-huh. this Artie Smith color we get. On the I really would like that. I'm like, obviously not for you, Ben. But I do kind of rate that level of shithousery of him coming up to your face and being like, guess you picked the wrong team, it's, mother. It's pretty wild to do that. <laughs> it's pretty wild. I was like, damn. I was like, I didn't I didn't realize it was that deep, but okay. So you didn't go to the Falcons practice when they came over this this year is what you're saying. You didn't go and check out their team training. I don't, th- I don't think Arthur Smith is a big fan of me <laughs> anymore. He's got a chip I'm- on both shoulders. Like you know so i mean i don't think i don't think arthur smith really likes me um i think it would be safe to say um <laughs> but you know hey you never know maybe maybe he's turned over a new leaf and I, maybe I think bygones will be bygones he's just know. got that that face of you in his in his office still just on a board with darts like koyak. <laughs> koyak. <laughs> years later mother Son of a <laughs> no, like we'll we'll get like what like sixty or hundred listens, and like not one of them will be Arthur Smith. He was <laughs> he'll some he'll somehow hear he'll somehow hear and he'll be like Ben motherfucking Koyak <laughs> talked about me. Son of a bitch. <laughs> maybe that maybe that could maybe you could get Arthur Smith on. Can you reach out to him, Ollie, and then uh, and see his oh, side of the story? Be Smith. like yeah. be like oh you won't believe he said that. Ben said that you won't believe what he said to me behind the scenes. <laughs> I like the idea though of him being like, "We just need this one piece of the puzzle, just a blocking tight end that releases <laughs> Derek Henry. That's all we need here in Tennessee, and we're going to a championship." And Ben's like, "I'm going to go to Jacksonville instead, guys. Sorry, I'm I'm out. Like, I'm I'm all good with that, but I don't really want to. I don't really trust it. I want to get my pension. I want to get on an active roster." <laughs> yeah, I want to go. Yeah, I didn't want to. The thing was, it's like everyone's like, "Yeah, we'll put you on P squad, and then we'll act. We'll, you know, work you up to 53." I'm like, "Bro, I want to be on P squad, and then you did not get on, put on 53." I'm like, mm. "I want to be back on 53." Like, if I could go back, I like probably would have signed somewhere else because I'm like, dude, like Pharaoh Brown, who was on P squad and the Patriots when I I worked out for the Patriots, and they're like, "Yeah, we'll put you on P squad." But I'm like, Pharaoh Brown's who was on the p squad back then it's still playing for the patriots mm. i'm like i probably i could still be playing if i had not been dumb oh, but ben, i was just ben, like we just want you to come in and do some do some blocking for us you just got to block the guy that's your job if you just do yeah, your just, job ben that's all you gotta do oh that's that is not how bell that is not how bell check meetings go <laughs> bell check meetings are just you getting ripped really for, for, yeah i've i had i know i have plenty of people it's like it's like if you do bad like they say like like I used to res- I used to hate like um in training camp because you because normally you don't watch eleven on eleven as like a, like as like an offense but then like training camp during the beginning like when you do really bad because the defense always does way better than the offense does because the defense's install is way faster and way easier to install than the offense's mm-hmm. install so the first couple like the first week they always destroy you um the like offensive coordinators will always just you know rip you apart and they'll be like why are you not doing this like blah blah and we'll be like bro like we're trying like it's day two of like, a 150 yeah, page playbook it's, like. yeah it's like it's like we're trying i'm like you scripted it and it's like we're <laughs> we're wearing we're wearing shells today and um you know the defense has like three quarters of their playbook in and we have like 10 plays 
So, you know, they kind of know what's coming because we have three run plays. We have inside zone, outside zone. Mm. Like, and we have that in like six different formations. Like, they kind of know what's coming. (laughs) There's not really much we can do. And they know our, and they know our line calls. So (laughs) there's not really much we can do, you know? So it's like, we try to make fake line calls, but you know, it doesn't work. They know. Um, Yeah. And I, and the thing, the thing, the funny thing is I couldn't even make fake line calls with some tackles because they were so dumb. Um, (laughs) So like, like it'd be a pass play and I'd make a fake line call and I'd be like, what? And I'd be like, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't worry about it. It's, it's I'd just be like, don't worry about it. <laughs> like I, I used to be able to do it with like Cam Robinson. I used to be like, you we used to just make up fake line calls all the time. But like if I'd have someone else over there and be quite like, what? I'd just be like, never mind, shut up. It's, it's good. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about it. So I'd just be like, shut, just to shut up. So Belichick <laughs> chews you out. Okay. But I mean, I, like, I get it, but like, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he would pull. Like, apparently, he would like do it in front, of, like the whole team, not just the offense. You do the whole team. I'm like, bro, that's bad. But like, we did a couple times with uh with Coughlin when Coughlin first got there. We did that, and then like the whole like the offensive coordinator would be roasting somebody while the defensive coordinator would be roasting somebody. I'm like, what is this accomplishing? Mm. Like, this is just making everybody feel terrible. Like, this isn't making me motivated. This makes me just want to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, like this makes me want to go lay in bed. Like, uh, it makes me like, like, get, like, makes me want to go like play video games and cry. Did you, did you ever get? Because <laughs> <laughs> you're obviously like super switched on, Ben, in terms of like, you know, as you say, you don't obviously get motivated by that sort of thing, and you're quite good at like obviously being quite dry humor as well. Did you ever have those like answering back to a coach moments when they're like chewing you out and they'd say something, I don't know, like Coughlin says he's going to chew you out for two minutes and he runs over into three and you just turn and be like, hey coach, and it's Coughlin time. So you're like five minutes behind what you were meant to be doing last week or something like that. I don't know. Like, did you ever have an answer back where a coach suddenly was like either responded it well or like flipped even more in that kind of like military drill sergeant stuff? I feel like um my my tight ends coach that I had the entire time was, I was in Jacks. He used to he started off being like very annoyed with me, and by the end like him and me were like super tight. He's still he's still uh, he coaches for the Jets now. He's awesome, uh, Rob Middleton. Well, he's still one of the best in the business. One of the few true guys who actually wants their guys to block. It's not still just a, still a tight ends coach for the Jets. Still, still tight ends coach, yeah. Cool. I want uh still one of the few who actually wants to do things the right way. Um. But like, um, you know, like uh, there was like if someone said like like if someone said something, be like, be like, be like, uh, oh, I'm just trying to think of an example. Like, you know, he'd never be able to say so. Like, if he said something like, oh, I'm trying to be like, be like he'd be like, oh damn, like oh like oh that looks like like that looks like oh that looks like that's pretty big, and that's big pause. I'd be like, you know, like you know some or i'd say something like you know random or i'd be like or he'd be like oh like um i'm trying to think uh something that would i don't know like something that he would say that would sound like funny or something like that or um but i'd always like mess with him about it and he would like He'd just get to a point where he'd just be like, he'd like, he'd be like, I can't say anything around Ben. Like, <laughs> he'd be, like, he'd be like, he'd just be like, Ben, shut up. Like he just like super southern, like George, like, or it wasn't Georgia, it was Alabama accent. He'd be like, Ben, like shut up, Ben. Like, 
like, I, yeah, we, I can we, we were big like Django fans. So like we were big like Django Unchained fans. So we used to quote Django Unchained back and forth to him. <laughs> and like some and as like as That's risky. Like, <laughs> no the thing was I didn't start it. That's what I'm saying. Like as much as it would be it would be worse if I was the one who started it. It was Mercedes who started it. <laughs> so Mercedes was there and Mercedes used to say it because I'm like, yeah, obviously like and like probably shouldn't like Don probably should like that one and hear me say it. But like Mercedes used to say, um, Mercedes like used to say like he'd be like do that. Mercedes would be like he has a master, like, <laughs> like, for, 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 and he'd be like he'd be like he'd be, he'd just like look at him and he'd be like this and he'd be he'd be cut he'd like he'd like draw on the board like because he'd try to be like Samuel Jackson's character. Yeah, like and and Django and Chain, yeah. and we just that's like your look is exactly how we would be. We just have our hands down like this because 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 I'm like I'm like I can't do that. I'm like I can't say that. And he and can't like, come back. Can't. He can't come back to anything like that at all either. As a coach, it leaves you in such like a vulnerable Ooh. position where all of the power suddenly falls on the player in that meeting. After that, that's great. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the thing is, that, yeah, it was he, but he always had like a great sense of humor and stuff. And um, I guess was... you know the coaches that you can like, you can joke with and stuff. It's like even at you know, it's a different, completely different thing. But even at like school, you knew the teachers that could take a joke and the ones that couldn't. And you, yeah, you learn that. You learn that really fast. Like that's yeah. just intuitive, isn't it? Although some people don't. <laughs> to be fair, well, some people you, don't have that. Some people like, don't. Yeah, gene. But um, and, and you can sometimes accidentally push that joke. Like you think they're okay with a joke. Yeah, and you try you're something right. a little further, and yeah. then that suddenly crosses a mark, and they're like, "That's not the joke." And you're like, "Oh, I thought this was the fun teacher. I guess we've gone a little too far," kind of thing. Yeah. And also it's like you also had to like kind of earn that. Like even mm-hmm. like Hack was always was always he was great. He was always fun to joke with. He was a guy who was always positive, but at the same time, it's like he you knew when and when not. Like if we had a shit game, like he's not gonna come in there being like all rosy cheeked. He'd be like he's probably coming in there somewhat pissed. And then he'll come in there with a positive attitude, but he's like he might it's not time to joke with him about something. Mm-hmm. But it's like you know you, you got to pick your spots. The thing, the only oh, the only thing, bad thing that happened to him was like he got nitpicked by Coughlin and everybody like to change his shit, which I always felt bad about. He had such a good system, and then he had forced to change his own system. I feel like it's still in his head today. He had a great system when we were, and I think it was like 2017. That system was just like unstoppable. Well, and, and Coughlin just didn't appreciate it or didn't like it and wanted to put in too many alterations well it was the next year when they got rid of everybody and then just like tried to sell them for like knockoff Mm -hmm. copies that was when they got rid of like anybody that had all the older leaders and like you know signed all these younger guys and then he tried to like completely change the system Uh, and it's like and then that's when um you know they fired they fired him to like save this that's when they fired him to save their own butt and it was just like doesn't really make sense you know um, yeah well i mean that's the that's almost like the the way of the league at the moment in that like you know bringing in young reset bringing loads of young talent that isn't going to cost you as much as well inexperienced guys that you believe you can then mold into a, a, a new culture and a new system though as opposed to so i see like you know players getting drafted as opposed to the tennessee titans trade away aj brown 
who is still one of the best receivers in the NFL with the hope That's of having a cheaper dumb. cost-effective replacement. I mean, mm. teams are focused on the financial side more than winning, and now the Titans have just given away their best safety to the Eagles as well. Thank you very much. I mean... Oh, yeah, I was going to get onto that, Ollie. How are you feeling about that? <laughs> oh, I'm elated. How are you just cleaning up great. Why To the Eagles of all teams, though, like, for real, though, why? You just want to stack and defense that... Are they, are they a feeder club for you now? What's going on here? <laughs> I, I don't know what, like... So, you know the movie Draft Day, where yeah. he's trying to get his picks back, and he rings up the young GM, who's actually, I think it's the Jacksonville GM, and it's his first draft, and he's like, come on, you get something probably, out of this. Probably Dave Caldwell. He, he absolutely sucked. <laughs> I can go on the record. He, I mean, the character he's, based he's on record as he's he's on record as being a bad drafter. I don't. He don't even. It's not just an opinion. Yeah. Look at his, look at his draft classes. <laughs> but like they they have this guy who like Costner's like gonna use the him to get like some picks back and get some stuff and get some wheels turning and all that and uh and he picks on this inexperienced guy you get the pick you want you say football in jacksonville blah 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 it's a great movie it's it's so good that movie for a newsflash he did it yeah and also newsflash that guy got fired like the next year <laughs> <laughs> the sequel yeah everybody gets fired draft day you're getting Every, drafted by the sanitation workers because you don't have a job anymore nobody did, nobody including the guys drafted had a happy ending it did remind <laughs> me of like when the browns put together the super team with like mayfield and beckham and yeah. like and garrett like, and then it just fell apart and freddie kitchens just couldn't handle handle the heat being yeah, that the head kitchens. coach yeah, yeah. That was that's what's gonna happen. That's the sequel. It's yeah. just the most depressing <laughs> sequel ever. You say football in uh in in Cleveland. No, no. It turns out our quarterback wasn't that great that we drafted anyway. And the guy we picked yeah. up at linebacker, he's on a DUI charge at the moment, and you know, it's it's all gone. Who's wrong. on who's on a DUI charge? Ah, oh, it's just uh no, I mean like if you if you were writing draft day two, the sequel oh, yeah. of the movie, yeah. that would be yeah. all those players would have had. No, no, don't yeah, worry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They're like um, gambling on NFL games and stuff. Yeah, I got our, you. Our but... quarterback, our quarterback likes massages a bit too much. <laughs> oh, that's what was Ooh. wrong with Bo Callahan. That's why they all passed on him in that movie. I got it. Yeah, Ouch. yeah. Um, I don't know what's happening with the Titans and why they're giving away top round talent. And I, I mean, it, they've given up on the season. From they, they should have the second they got rid of AJ Brown, they should have just sold off because it's like now it was like a slow decline versus mm. like. It's like they should have just sold. They should have just you know gotten rid of everybody and built up from there. Totally, you know, it was just it was just like they were like signaling to the league, like oh we don't care about the future. But instead, you're killing. <laughs> well, we don't Derek care about Henry. now. Sorry, we do care about the future. We don't care about now. But you're you're yeah. killing Derek Henry. You're putting you're stripping down this team year by year. Like that Tannehill injury, of course, doesn't help in in London, and maybe they're just thinking, right? We Tannehill hasn't isn't going to survive the remainder of this season. Who have we got? Like Malik mm. Willis looks like a deer in headlights every time he Oof. steps on the field. Apparently, he's starting. Uh, and Will Le the... Will Levis apparently nobody's hot on that uh, hot on him either. The rookie that they drafted, yeah. so they've had two early picks on quarterbacks the last two years and done nothing. But you're still going to murder Derek Henry by just keeping him in games and running out the career of possibly one of the best running backs in the league. But they're, intent, 
but they're intentionally running him on like first and second down on like on run heavy downs because they're watering down his numbers on purpose because right now that's what the league's doing they're like watering down like backs on purpose because they're trying to trend like the average kicker right now makes more than the average running back which is ridiculous yeah and so like that's why every team's trending towards running back by committee it's like deandre swift has a career performance what happens dude doesn't even the dude's barely still splitting the, carries yeah, yeah barely, barely touches the ball mm. you know like you know i don't know if austin eckler's still hurt or not but i'm like it's like that it's just like that's just what's happening it's like yeah like guys get hurt it's like that's the nature of the game but i'm like you still gotta like those guys are superstars but like you you also you know the lifespan of a running back has never been a long time like that's why you don't sign running backs to eight-year deals they're typically Mm. like a seven or eight year career out of running back is probably the top end of it because they get banged up so much but like no one's asking you to sign them for 10 years but i'm like you can't just keep signing them to one-year deals because guys are just gonna say no like I mean, at least guys who put in the work, like I can tell, I've already told you a story. I'm like, yeah, like people are like, well, Leonard Fournette, like, why is he so hurt so much? Dude never worked at all, except mm-hmm. for when he recorded his videos. That's why he got hurt. Why right. do you think playoff money was a thing? Yeah, cause he got hurt because he never did it. He had, and he had a terrible attitude. Yeah. He just loved to spend money and whatever. And then he had a terrible attitude in the locker room. But like guys, like, I mean, I would assume. I don't know from what I've heard from guys that like guys like Christian McCaffrey put in the work. I don't, I can't, I can't confirm or deny because I've never been teammates with him. Certainly and looks like it, isn't it? Sa- Saquon sure is how it looks like he puts in the work. The guy is massive. Um, is has not gotten any smaller. Um, so he sure looks like he puts in the work, but I'm like, I don't think guys like that should be penalized. Like that's just, that to me is kind of ridiculous. But why would Same you want to? Like, run make devalue the whole player position i I don't know i guess because you still need to pay wide receivers and quarterbacks and everything and if you devalue the whole position it makes it easier to lowball all of these running backs but surely at the same time you see as a gm as an owner players like derrick henry are potentially worth paying to get you into playoffs in the peak of their prime like they are at times the most valuable player out there on the field yeah, but I mean, I think in reality, one of the big things you could do is, and I I mean, so, you know, you're looking at teams like the Titans who are looking to build a $2.2 billion stadium. I'm like, or we could just raise the salary cap a little bit so we can afford to pay some of these guys. Mm. You know, like, I know the salary cap goes up every year because it's one of the few industries that has the money to, you know, raise the salary with inflation. But I'm like, also with that you know you should also probably be increasing it because certain positions deserve the amount of money for the value they bring that wouldn't mm-hmm. stop like teams just paying quarterbacks 20 percent of that number or whatever it is i'm gonna say wouldn't um, it just over so, well, i mean it, it might but then that's that's why a cap exists because then if you decide to pay your quarterback cool like i'm gonna pay my quarterback in insane amount cool then you're still gonna have nothing left to pay your running back mm-hmm. i mean that's what we saw happen with the ravens when they paid joe flacco an insane amount of money they had no money for the rest of the team why do you think and that's so like okay you talk about the eagles right now why did they trade for kevin byard it's because they have a window 
Like the if the for example, if four Niners don't win it this year, they're they're not gonna win it. They're He's... they have they have contracts coming up for was it Brandon Ayuk? They have contracts coming up for Debo. They have contracts coming up for Shartavius Ward coming up this next year. Yeah, they're they all going to win. Big, big, they have big, 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 big contracts coming up this next year. What do you think the Eagles are thinking? We need to stack up because if these are teams we're going to play, mm-hmm. so it's like they're going to they're going to make pushes. They'll they'll make pushes for guys who they might only even have for a year. I, mean, I, I, like, yeah. I think the Eagles is quite a f- weird one because. They made that push when they went to the Super Bowl and won it back in 2018, right? You know, they brought in some key signings that year. Uh, Alshon Jeffrey, obviously, they brought in AJ Ajayi when he was considered quite a good running back in the league. That didn't last for very long, obviously, and injuries. He was definitely he was definitely on his the the lower on the downfall, but yeah, he was but, still serviceable at the time. Yeah, and kind of you were like, okay, that's them making roster moves in the offseason. Torrey Smith as well came in as a very self, uh, very sufficient kind of third receiver in that point. And you were like, okay, we're so providing right. some great depth to bring into that team. And the window for the Eagles only really closed for a couple of years on the back end of Wentz and that first year with Hurts. And then it was playoff football again. And then you saw the big surge. So unlike a lot of teams that have struggled to have a window and then reopen one a little, like inside four, four years, the Eagles under Howie Roseman have been able to manipulate and maneuver enough, mm. particularly with the defensive linemen that they've brought in, the depth they've had at that position, and the good drafting too, to keep a fairly solid chance of Super Bowl windows and definitely playoff football for quite a wide spread of years now. Very lucky to do that. Do you not think the Niners have that ability as well? I know we're talking about like contracts coming up at the end of this year and there are going to be players that will be leaving and big players that will be potentially leaving, but... There must be other teams that can be savvy enough like the Eagles to be able to keep that ongoing. I mean, the Niners have had a pretty long period, 2018, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, where their Super Bowl window, I would say, has been open because of the Kyle Shanahan effect and the system that he runs. Yeah, I mean, I think they'll still be competitive. And um, whether it's, and that, that's where, you know, you look in, you look to drafting to obviously replace the talent that you lose. So the talent you can't retain, you look to obviously bring in through cheats, you know, cheaper free agents, um, guys that you already you already have on the team to play a bigger role. Like um, that's what you look for. So um, they already have guys that they've drafted in the last you know two or three years. So you you know you hope that can step up into some of those bigger roles. And who knows, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Um, but yeah, I mean that's that's the whole that's the whole idea behind the process. Um, will it happen? Uh, I think it can because, I, like you said, I think Kyle Shanahan has a good system. I think their defense is, has a great system as well. Um, I think they have a lot of key components. I think once you have a lot of key guys there, as long as you have some of those key guys there, um, you know that that kind of feeds off of it, and that and everyone else feeds off of those key players. Um, so um, I think, like you know, as long as you have whether it's a solid quarterback running back you know you have that solid dominant force there mm. um you have solid you have um what's his name funga the guy who trains under troy paul malu you know they have him on defense they'll always have him they have at least one or two solid corners um they'll still probably have fred warner um if he yeah. doesn't go god hopefully you better hope he doesn't go but i don't think his contract's up i don't think his contract's up for another year or two but um 
you know, they still have a solid linebacking core and they re-signed Nick Bosa and they got his deal done. So they'll still have at least at least one solid D lineman. But, you know, they're going to have a couple solid picks. So, you know, it's just a matter of can you develop them now and put them in the system and make them actually work out. So, I mean, that's just it's just a matter of doing that. I mean, I hope not personally but uh no, <laughs> but you know it's it's the kind of thing where there's an overflow of guys in the league and there's there's so many guys in the league that are capable of playing like they and their contracts going to be out and their teams aren't going to sign them and that's that's why you see guys you're like why like how's it how did this guy end up on this team it's like you know one guy being too expensive for another team or a team not thinking this guy was worth it on this team is perfectly serviceable art like look at adam Thielen flourishing mm. on the panthers and you know they're like look, we don't need him it's like yeah you might not have but the panthers did mm-hmm. and so yeah as so we've heard from yourself and many others on this podcast there's like a five percent gap between all of these players when it comes to ability execution speed it's either decision making and coaching that people say are the things that tip people over which is why these guys remain serviceable for for a long period of time yeah and I, and I would and that's why I tell people I'm like you could take a guy who's a, I would still literally say you could take a guy who's still two years out of the league and they would still probably be able to jump back in and play mm. because they're at least as long as they're still as long as they're still practicing and you know prepping like they're still gonna about to play like I know I worked out for two years and I was still my second year. I was still going in and doing workouts and I would have been ready to jump in and jump into a game. Like so I was still that you're shape. saying so. Colin Kaepernick has a chance still. That's what you say. <laughs> I mean, I get it. <laughs> the, the, the XFL offered him, but they said that he's not interested. So yeah, yeah he's... he, the only thing, the only thing about him is, is just that times his biggest issues now is that he's like 36. Mm-hmm. Time so, I mean, the media circus, I think, doesn't help him either. That would come media circus that. doesn't help, but I mean, yeah, being 36, um, being 36 and just being old, I mean, shoot, I mean, that you're a dinosaur in the league when you're in your late 30s doesn't <laughs> you're no longer he's no longer what made him what he was was his ability to move around, and that's not he's not going to have that as his primary factor, yeah. It's just not that special anymore as well. When he was doing it, it was it was still like wow. But there's there's half a dozen guys that can kind of almost do that now. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Maybe maybe he can line up under center with pads on and, you know, hit you know sit on you know, sit in the pocket and thread the needle everywhere. And I mean, then then you know you'd have you'd have a different conversation. But um I'm just talking purely based on what he was i mean you, you can only speculate on where he's at now because like you said you haven't seen him play in so long yeah um, it was interesting we we're having a discussion about kaepernick of if you go back and look at like his last two and a half years of football he wasn't actually a great quarterback he was very exciting early on like a lot of young mobile quarterbacks have that ability of it takes a bit of time for game tape to appear enough to start finding the weaknesses and everything like that. And I think we may be seeing it a little bit with Jalen Hurts this year as well. That's my fear is that people are kind of clocking on to a bit more of what he does. There's more tape out there on him. And you do look back at you know the last two seasons. Okay, didn't play full seasons, but 
QB rating his record was 49 bad. and 43 just show that like he wasn't a great quarterback when look everything else that happened around him completely out of the window if you're going purely on footballing ability Kaepernick got the Niners to a Super Bowl and didn't quite get him over the line and that was kind of all he really did like I'm not I'm not convinced he would have had a hugely long career in the league unless something had changed drastically with his arm accuracy and ability. Yeah, I mean, from what I heard, I mean, the big thing is, um, I mean, I knew a guy who was with him in his last year, and they said, to be frank, they he, they said he sucked his last year <laughs> in his league. Um, like I said, I didn't play with him, so yeah. I can't confirm firsthand. But, um, you know, obviously he he came up in that system and it was, it was a brand spanking new thing. And, you know, it was all the rage and, um, and then that's, that's how he ended up, you know, getting his job. He, I feel like it's unfortunate that he never really got a chance to do anything different because that was, that's kind of all he was able to do. And then once team stopped that, you know, you know, you never really developed him into anything else. You only really developed him into that kind of system. So, you know, you kind of want to, I feel like he was another quarterback. I feel like he, you know, you, you can lump him into the Blake Bortles story, you know, like he was a quarterback that was always supposed to be, he was always known to be raw and was supposed to be developed, but was thrown into the fire. Mm-hmm. And, you know, he just had better luck with it because he was just extremely fast and, you know, had an absolute cannon, Um, you know, and plus he was intelligent. It's not like taking anything away from his football IQ. Um, but you know, he obviously had plenty of, you know, you know, plenty of throwing issues that would have definitely, you know, definitely could have been fixed down the line. And yeah, yeah, where I feel like if you had had a proper quarterbacks coach, or even that's where I feel like a better example of shoot, if you had someone just even like Shanahan uh, and the system back then, I feel Mm -hmm. like he was still Harbaugh, I believe, and that was a mess when Harbaugh was there Mm. because. The word was back in the day that Harbaugh and the GM used to just not even talk to each other because they want like the GM would sign somebody and Harbaugh would just not even talk to him because he didn't like him. So I mean, you know, he's That's already crazy. he's already in a mess. So I mean, imagine if he's actually in a situation where he has someone like Shanahan who probably would have actually put in the work to improve him and put him in a situation where he would have been there to succeed. So yeah. that's a classic example of like maybe if he had actually had a good coach, he he might have had a better career. Yeah. And you see how like Lamar's changed his game now and his like completion percentage and stuff has started like ticking up because they got they've been patient with him and they gotta protect him a bit more. They need to stop running him out on a limb too much. He's still there's still a lot of wear and tear being put on him. I I don't want to lose what is potential, like one of the best potential athletes in the NFL. And I still only think we've kind of scratched the surface of what he could probably do if he was trained a bit more and put mm. in a scheme that was more pocket quarterback friendly. And with some better to. wide receivers as well, yeah. Yeah. Like well, That's what they tried to this year. They finally got him some help. Yeah. yeah. Zay Flowers is looking like one that... Maybe he's starting to come out of a shell even more the last couple of weeks, but yeah, it'd be interesting a couple of years down the line if Lamar stays healthy and stays stays in the pocket a little bit more and gets a bit more protection. Um, yeah, my, ben, my 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 boy. Uh, before you before you sign me off, my boy uh, 
Ronnie Stanley there. You see him dumping some people in the dumping some people in the end zone. <laughs> I wasn't gonna uh, I wasn't gonna sign you off. I was gonna say, do you mind listening into our our bets for this week before we yeah, sign sure. off? I'll, I'll, I'll hear you. I'll hear you. I know you've got. I know you've got. You know the wife and family and everything to deal with and dave i know you don't like staying up too late on a on a wednesday evening <laughs> to do this i know you like to get, to get bed sleepy. nice and early um but i i'm sorry dave by the way i am taking the falcons once again this week uh, I'm, taking, I'm, taking, I'm not it's fine by me but I, why do it to yourself yeah i know i know i'm taking the falcons to beat the spread against the titans 2.5 uh, I'm taking the Texans to cover the spread against the Panthers at minus three. I'm taking the Patriots to cover the spread against the Dolphins at plus 9.5 because it's that divisional game. I'm taking the Browns to beat the Seahawks. I'm taking the Jags to cover the spread against the Steelers at minus 2.5. That one's for you, Ben. And I'm taking the Rams uh, to cover the spread against the Cowboys at plus 6.5 because I'm convinced if you put the Cowboys at like plus or uh, at minus five, they never gonna cover that spread, so yeah, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the uh, the Rams to to stick it reasonably close, and that gives me sixty to one going into this week. Sixty to one, that is meaty for the pod. We're normally in the kind of thirties. Let me have a look. I'm just firing mine up now. I think all of mine I... have been about sixty to seventy this year. I've been odds chasing. That's why. I, that's not the only reason why I haven't won anything this year. But that would be. I reckon there's a chance this week. Right. Okay. So wait, where is uh, where are they playing New England and uh, uh, Miami? Where are they? It's playing? at Miami, unfortunately. Yeah, I know that's that's a tough one that's, with them. Well, that might be your problem. And big question yeah. is, yeah, that's that's your big question right there. <laughs> Can they put together something two weeks? I don't know. Right. I'm, I got. That's a I half, got that's the... a decent defense in New England. So slowing down my. Is it it's yeah, decent. but they, it's not they great. gave up. Didn't they give up like sixty points in like two weeks? Like I, I didn't say it was great. One. Yeah. Okay. And, I, and I still don't think this Miami team knows exactly who it is. And I don't. They got worn. They got worn down real bad as well in in midweek on Sunday Night Football. Like that yeah, was. I think you're overreacting to the Bills' uh, loss. I think I think you're I think it's too full. I think you're overreacting in to the Bills loss and I think you're overreacting to Miami with uh against the Eagles because the I don't think the Patriots D is nearly as good as the Eagles D. Oh, that is, it's definitely not as good as the Eagles. D, so so the so so Miami thrives off the run as big as they are as a passing team. So, you know, I think I think it all starts with the run. Oh, don't so, and that. so I think so I think once they once they start running the ball, it's over with. Because then they get you know then they can then they can do whatever they want with you. And the Bills don't have so, a stronger run game by any chance, which is probably why the Patriots were able to slow them down enough to be able to put twenty nine points on them last week. God damn it! Stop making sense, Ben. <laughs> Bringing your football intelligence into this. This isn't about football intelligence. Yeah, about this is getting money you, and odds. And you're definitely overthinking this. There's <laughs> like you've already put in more thought than like any of us put into these bets. So Look, maybe not Jazz. Jazz does seem to spend time on it, and he's way too much time. Occasionally, but the Ravens put 38 points on the Lions, who could only get six last week. The NFL doesn't make sense at times. All right, so maybe yeah. that's the rogue one that doesn't make sense. Maybe sometimes, it is. Yes, it's pretty hard happen. to to pick six games in this league. Yeah, to give us a slight break. Right, okay, who have I got? Right, LA Rams, I got the spread against the Cowboys. 
I've got the Eagles minus six and a half against the Commanders. No. Yeah, yeah. I the the Washington defense is is good, but I think the Eagles are starting to just like they're going to start clicking through the gears. If it was if it was seven and a half, I probably wouldn't have done that, but it'll be it'll be over a score. Okay, and then we got the Jags minus two and a half. I got the same Ollie against the Steelers. I got the Vikings minus one against the Packers. That was a weird one for me. I thought the Vikings are heating up. The Packers have lost yeah, three in a row, I think. I don't know. I don't know what coming Vegas off, is coming doing off on the that biggest one. win of the like of their year against. Them. Yeah, that was odd. They're the really pack, weird. So no the respect Packers for the Vikings. Is it at Lambeau? It is. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I don't know. The jury's still out on Jordan Love and stuff. But a Lambo versus divisional opponent. That's why they're going to say that. And some must be coming back. Fair enough. Uh, And then I got the Falcons as well. I said for you to stay away from the Molly, but I'm just trying to save you from this experience. But I'm already on the Falcons train, so I'm taking them (laughs) minus two and a half against the Titans because they look lost. And then I've got the Ravens minus eight and a half against the Cardinals. And that has got me fifty-seven to one, which is very big for me, yeah, yeah, yeah. Ben. I'm normally, I'm normally like, I'm normally like twenty to one. So I'm, I'm flirting with with danger. Yeah, <laughs> placing some big parlays over there. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. my you... one-pound bet. <laughs> yeah, well, losing too much then. We we live life dangerously <laughs> here, Ben. I don't know about you, yeah, but life in the fast lane, pretty much. Oh, yeah. on the edge. Life, life in the center lane, <laughs> should I say? <laughs> middle lane 30 miles an hour on a 70 mile an hour road that's in my toyota prius that's how i'm doing it <laughs> with your with your weed on the dashboard yeah yeah, yeah definitely. <laughs> definitely your dead body in the trunk okay uh ben man thanks so much for joining with us and uh and putting up with us for an hour and a half mate i appreciate it buddy. awesome no problem man thanks for having me that was wicked